Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. But joining us now on the SECV Hotline on ESPN 92.3, the Valley Sports Leader, is John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com. And, uh, John, first of all, Mitch brought up off the air about a poll that was done by Sports Illustrated, I believe it was. Uh, Mitch, uh, you want to you know, just refresh everybody's memory on that here? Yeah, this, this poll that said the Eagles are the most hated fan base in, uh, in the, all of the NFL. And I said what they failed to report then was the other poll – where it said the Philly fans are least likely to care that they're the most hated in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. I think I think that was kind of a, a momentous occasion because two things happened when that came out. First of all, everybody went, <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing was, of course, like they bring up they bring up this damn Santa Claus thing every time, guys. It was <laughs> 1968, and they're still talking about it. Like, I believe, who cares? I believe Santa it, it, Claus just just passed away this spring too, right? The guy who was playing yeah, Santa yeah. Claus, he just passed away this year. He did, he did, and it, and it's just like guys, you know, give it a rest. Like it just, that, that still makes somehow the Philly, you know, the Philadelphia area, the worst fan base ever, most hated. And, I, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, fellas, but wasn't the Cowboys number one as like the best fan bases? And and, and I would just like to have a repolling on this because every franchise in the NFL thinks Cowboys fans are annoying because well, they. They're not from Texas, most of them. They all live in New Jersey. They all root for the Heat. They all root for the Lakers. They all root for the Yankees. All that other stuff. Like every Cowboys fan is completely annoying. Uh, for, uh, so I don't, I don't know. I embrace it, Philadelphia. Like uh, it was kind of funny because you could the the Philadelphia Union, which is the MLS uh, club that's in here, I think also has a chant that I want everybody to start adopting around the rest of the sports too. It just goes something like. Uh, we're from Philly. We're from Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. <laughs> like, that needs to be throughout the entire link. I think that would be a, a fantastic. But yeah, whatever. Sports Illustrated. It's July. They were bored. So that, there, there you have it. What they didn't tell you is Jerry Jones commissioned that poll. So yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. Exactly. Like, hey, yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> yeah. Throw in Dan, throw in Daniel Snyder there for good measure. You know, yeah, but, yeah. For you, exactly. But exactly you're you're, right. you're you're absolutely right about the Cowboy fans. Uh, you know, the, probably the smallest number is in Texas. When I lived in D.C. for a year in '94, obviously huge concentration of Redskin fans there. But second most purchased team merchandise: Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. Everybody knows those are. Even somebody in my complex too. Like I'm in I'm in northern New Jersey. It's just like, what are you doing with the Cowboys? What are you doing with Cowboys gear on? Like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it holds you know whatever. Oh, my dad used to root for him, so uh, great. Like that doesn't mean you have to be an idiot too. Like just you know find your own way. That's uh, that's all I'm saying to the to the Cowboys fans out there. Okay, so you take a <laughs> former Cowboy, Demarco Murray. He becomes a Philadelphia Eagle replaces Shady McCoy, who, by the way, last year was the best player ever in the National Football League, John, <laughs> which goes back to our whole you know, fantasy football discussion. Exactly. Uh, but you plug him in. He's obviously going to be the featured back in that situation, but he's not the only running back the Eagles are going to be looking at when spring training starts, or spring, not spring training, but when training camp starts here in about a week. Yeah, and it's, I think that's one of the more exciting things to kind of check out here. And you've had a lot of, a lot of national NFL guys come in and out. Lewis Riddick being one of them. Um, you know, a lot of guys with the NFL network. They're really high on Ryan Matthews. And granted, it's been in shorts and, shorts and shells, but uh, that's something that's kind of like the underlying theme for not only NFL. I've heard a lot of fantasy people talking about that too, as far as like, oh man, you know, really great value. They could end up being 50-50. Uh, I tend to maybe, I kind of agree with that for the most part, but um, I'm starting to kind of win myself back after I'm going through different things, you know, film and all that other stuff. Um, just just with everything else, as long as Murray has those kind of crutches behind him with Matthews and with Sproles, he can be really, really effective with the tempo, everything else. Like, I'm not sure he's going to even come close to single, you know, being, being the NFL's rushing leader again. That was a lot of volume type stuff. But I still think he's he's in that you know kind of fifteen hundred yard eighteen hundred yard range is possible in volume. I'm not sure how much that's going to be like with yards per carry and everything else, and that might break down because it's really hard to project what exactly is going to happen as far as you know he's on pace for carrying the same amount as Larry Johnson did back in whatever that was like 2005, almost 417 carries and stuff like that. So that definitely wears somebody down. But then you take a running back and you put him in a very explosive run-heavy offense. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's where the rule changes. But it's definitely an exciting thing to see. Uh, we, rolling Thunder hopefully will roll throughout the the entire Eagle season here. John, I, I question when they signed Ryan Matthews just because uh, they had the agreement before, I think, the DeMarco Murray signing, uh, and then they still went with it after the DeMarco Murray signing. But I'm pretty sure I saw a statistic where it said last year Ryan Matthews was in, like, the top three in the league in yards gained from shotgun. Uh, and, and and when I heard that, it kind of piqued my interest because, obviously, the Eagles run out a, a lot of shotgun. Do you think that's where maybe Chip sees his value? Well, and it's a good thing you bring that up because guess who was number one? DeMarco Murray. So when you have one and two running from the shotgun, I mean, that's, that just seems to me like, hey, that fits in my scheme a lot better. So that's where you see those moves there. And I will say I was kind of the same way in, in that whole Frank Gore episode with him. You know, it was kind of a, it was a weird scenario through just before when, when free agency started. 
And at that point, I, I had just figured, you know what? If Frank Gore is going to go, that's fine. There's no need to pay overpay DeMarco Murray. Why not just go get somebody in the draft? It's a huge, heavy running back class. There's there's five or six guys that could probably get in there and start right away, and then you can have the same type of rotation. You know, they decided to go this way and spend the money, which it, it's the, the really. It's I'm not too worried about the production. It's just the, especially not for this year, but it's just the following years coming through here. It's not like Ryan Matthews and, and DeMarco Murray are really young guys here. This is kind of like a, this is basically like a two-year period, I think, is it, which is going to work for, for them. And they both had, you know, injury injury problems throughout their career. So, I don't know. It, it's one, it's the one thing that it's, it's so polarizing for the way I feel about it, and I'm sure it is for Eagles fans, too, is like, we know these guys are talented, and we know that these guys can come in here and and work in the system really well. It's just that other side of like, yeah, but we can't ignore. And it's probably, probably for a lot of Eagles fans, the theme of this year is like, we can't ignore the injuries on the other side of the ball there. Well, speaking of the other side of the ball, John, talking with John Barchard from bleedinggreennation.com on the SECV hotline on ESPN 92.3. Been following you on Twitter, especially this morning, and breaking down some film by the looks of things on Alonzo. And you seem to be all over this guy like crazy. Oh my goodness! And and it just like you have to. Sometimes you got to remind yourself, like, and and I think I've said this to you before, Haas, of how lopsided the Lashawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso trade can is going to look. And it just confirms when you go back and look at it. Even as we're, you know, we went through. I, I didn't go through all sixteen games. I just I, I went through a couple, and then I wanted to see his his best game and his worst game according to PFF because I, I kind of just like to make your own judgments on that and even when you look at those things he's just an absolute monster like from coverage uh there was a couple of plays there was one big play when he was going up against steve smith and this was in 2013 when he was still with carolina step for step with them covering them all the way down the field on some like zero you know blitz coverage and was able to hang with them and it forced to force the sack so it's it's pretty crazy not only that it's just the, you know i hate to use the term notes for the ball but his instincts remind me of Ronnie Lott, where he's not... Ronnie Lott was one of those guys that had always said, I don't, I don't even look at anything else other than the ball carrier. I look through everybody. And that's how this guy attacks the ball. Like, his, he's right there. Every play, right there. Um, and I know that it probably diminished his value, and everybody's always... We're, uh, this is the uh, the ACL of worries. Let's say it's the, kind of like the, the Eagles yearbook, but that's what he's coming off of <laughs> and missed the entire 2014 season. But you know, from all indications, I know there everybody that was down there for OTs and minicamp says that you can't even notice it. Like there's no difference in between, uh, you know, his, his lateral movement, all that other stuff. And he just—that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's going to be a, a that front seven everybody needs to get excited about. That's the one thing that if you can bookmark anything on this Eagles team, the front seven is going to look amazing with Tico and Kendricks. You got, you know, Brandon Graham stepping in for the pass rush and Connor Barr and Fletcher Cox. Like there's so much two gapping going on here that it's going to free up Kiko Alonso and Michael Kendricks in there. And what I mean by two gapping is it's like, the, the, you know, you have these monsters up front that are going to take care of that whole wave that comes through and it allows those guys to go in and make plays, and they were already one of the best, best run, you know, stopping defenses in the league. And I think you're going to see a couple of ticks up this year with those guys. It's, I like that you bring up these linebackers, John, because I, I was reading a thing this morning. Paul Domowich at ESPN.com did his predictions for the Eagles starters 
this year. And and I was a little surprised at inside linebacker where he had Kiko Alonso and D'Amico Ryans. But then he further explained that while Ryans will probably get the start, Kendricks will probably take the most snaps. And I just think of the speed and the explosiveness between Michael Kendricks and Kiko Alonso in, in the middle of that linebacking core, and it, it just makes my head spin. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying, too. I made a little joke on Twitter today. It says, like, congratulations, you just blocked Michael Kendricks. Wham! There is Kiko Alonso. <laughs> and then it was like, hey, guess what? You just blocked Kiko Alonso. Wham! There's Michael Kendricks. Thank you for, you know, thanks for playing. Like, it, it's just, it is going to be so incredibly hard to run against this football team. Uh, and and that's always been Chip Kelly and Billy Davis's philosophy here. We're going to make you one-dimensional, and then we're going to score on you fast, and then before you know it, it's 24 to nothing. So this helps that situation for sure. It's interesting that a lot of people are saying that Ryan's, Ryan's probably will be out there to start, and that's another kind of big question mark rolling in here. Um, there was a lot of people that thought, okay, they're going to move on from Kendra, or uh, excuse me, from Ryan's because he's, you know, he's not, he's just blown out his Achilles. Like that's a really tough recovery to come and turn around here. And he's making a decent amount of money. So thank you so much to Miko. And, you know, we'll see what your replacement's going to be. Um, but yeah, it's going to, I'm not sure how they're going to work that. Billy Davis has said that all three of them can be on the field at the same time. So maybe the thinking there is, uh, I, I, it's just been rumored around, but maybe Kendricks plays that outside pass rushing role here and there. You know, maybe he takes over for borrowing on certain plays or vice versa or Graham or whoever. Um, but uh, if they have schemes to get all three of them on the field and Ryan's is still okay, man, I mean, that, we'll take that too. <laughs> that's even better. And that's, that's what's important about the depth here. Even Jordan Hicks, who's the rookie that's coming into the draft in the third round, you know, that, that's still uh, available there because he's, he is supposed to be the Ryan's takeover there. Um, and it's, yeah, it's one of the, one of the first times in a long time that, uh, and I interviewed Benjamin Albright over the weekend and he said, you know, I I don't know how much of an offensive team the Eagles are because they're really doing the right things on the defensive side of the ball here. And you might be able to see them, you know, creep closer to that top 10 type of defense. If nothing else, we can agree that it's a a little upgrade over Casey Matthews, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who's done for the year? I feel so bad for him. He went to the Vikings, and now he's on uh, injured reserve for the rest of the year. So, you know, it it is definitely an upgrade over over what was what was here. And even guys like uh, Najee Good and uh, the Acho Man, who's still uh, here for it. I mean, those guys can step up, and they're they're much better upgrades over Casey Matthews for sure. Uh, Just in case you're wondering, John, it was 4:26 on uh, Monday. 727-15, 727-15, you made the Kiko Alonso-Ronnie Lott comparison, just in case you're wondering, in case it comes back at some point. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Completely different you know, positions and, and all that other stuff. It's just, the, it's just the, the, the just kind of bullish nature in which they played the game. Uh, I don't know if Kiko's going to like you know play with just one finger. Cause I, I was going to say he's got too many fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will hold you to this at some point. I hope you're right. Don't get me wrong, but I will hold you at some point. This is going to come up and bite off me. You might lose a finger, John. Well, that's that's okay. I mean, yeah, you know, you got you got me on the full thing a couple of years ago. I said, okay, he's the guy now for sure. And then immediately <laughs> got off the bandwagon after that. So it'll be. It's, it's definitely going to be an interesting season, boys, and I can't wait to keep talking about it. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you through training camp. John Barcher joining us on the SECV Hotline. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys.